Hey everyone, before we get started, I just want to talk about our sponsor, Anchor. Anchor simply is the perfect place to go if you're trying to start a podcast. First off, free, that's great, but there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super easy to use, super intuitive. Uh, And then once you have that edited, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places uh, where you listen to podcasts. And when they're distributed, you can start making money from your podcast right away, no minimum listenership, start getting that Anchor money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm right now to get started. Now, the Schooner Pod. Here's Brooks, first down, hits the sideline. Kennedy Brooks, the redshirt freshman from Manfield, Texas, cuts it inside. Touchdown, Sooners, 86 yards. Hello and welcome to the Week 10 edition of the Schooner Pod. I'm Bobby Howard here with Jameson Maxwell, my always favorite co-host, the only co-host. Jameson, that easily was uh, the best defensive performance of the season. What did you think of it? Hey, here we go again. I feel like OU is just such a prominently offensive team, but all we talk about is defense. Yeah. And it's because offense, you just expect them to be good. And whenever they just do baseline, you're just like, okay, it was baseline. Kyler did it awesome. But the defense, you have so much to talk about because it's so different each week. Like I was telling you earlier, this is looking more and more like we had a hint of it last week. Um, a, a defense that actually is wanting to play, having play with a little bit of fire. I understand there's a couple of still concerning things, and K-State – and uh, TCU are not the most representative teams to uh, judge your defense on. But I said that I could see us holding them under 100 yards rushing. I wasn't quite right, but if it wasn't for slop time, it would have been about 50 yards. Uh, mm-hmm. Barnes didn't do any anything yeah, significant. Yeah, he, he, was, he was. We held him out of the game, and it's just whenever we had, like, the whole game except for, like, the third and fourth quarter, it's just their offense did not look like – they had any kind of momentum at all. Yeah, no, it was it was one of those things where the defense was swarming, they looked decisive. But the, the funny thing is we do talk a lot about defense, and, it, it, and the offense is almost too good that it's boring. I was, when I was going through clips to try to find a good uh, Gus Johnson call, and every touchdown, he, he almost sounds bored. He's he's seen four of our games. The guy, the poor guy, I kind of feel bad for him having to, having to see so much constantly good offense because he doesn't know what's going to happen. Yeah, um, there's one part of me that I think that they enjoy because Joel Klatt is like a homie. You know, he Joel loves Klatt's OU, a homie, and he's going on with RJ Young here this week. Do you see that? Um, I did not. RJ Young went and like went on Twitter and say like, "Hey, I need to get Joel Klatt on my on my YouTube channel thing," and he agreed to it. So oh, that's, that's going to be, be really good. I'm excited for that. Yeah, that'll be coming out soon, so that, I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, Gus, I'm sure is, he's going to lose his voice. We scored over 50 points again. I don't see us like I said. My bull prediction was we're not going to score under 50 for the rest of the year. And we snuck, just snuck that one in. Yeah, which was we great. we did, and it was with a three point fourth quarter. So I it, the only way. We I don't see us scoring fifty. Is if we're demolishing them on defense, and it's we just play no one in the in the second half. 
And that's kind of what she saw. We were up 34-7 to at halftime. Me being one, I left at halftime. I, I'm not I'm not happy about it, but, I mean, I did. It, yeah, uh, peer it, pressured, I Yeah, I, I left, and I, I had to go fit back and feed Douglas because the 2.30 game makes it where you kind of have to go back, and uh, it's right, right around dinner time. That's a good point. That's fair. Yeah, D- Douglas D- Douglas takes precedent over a blowout. Yeah, and so, but it was good because I got to watch the rest of the game at home. It's not like I just went out to the bars and just kind of neglected the OU game. Yeah, no. Speaking of which, there was actually a lot to kind of uncover in that in the uh, in the garbage time, um, the biggest thing for me was Jalen Redman. Oh, huge. oh my gosh, Jalen Redman! I was quite tentative on how he was going to come out these past two games. They only put him in for maybe a drive, like a drive, probably barely in anything T- in the TCU. TCU. Yeah, he, I think he got one tackle, but in this, he he got a couple of a couple of drives in garbage time, and he did awesome. Yeah, um, the guy you got to realize this was. I think 13th um, best player in uh, last year's recruiting class as the end came out, and he's really raw. He's just a great athlete, and we're playing him at kind of that outside linebacker D end. I think we're playing him at the kind of a a jack spot. Yeah, that's kind of where we're putting him, and I think partially uh, some of that has to do with um, partially some of that has to do with kind of his conditioning's a little lower, and it's something we need. But the guy is. The guy was creating so much penetration, creating a lot of pressure on the Kansas State uh, offense. It was pretty good. But quick little side note here. We are recording this during the College Football Playoff Top 25 show. So we'll pepper in some takes here as they come up. Um, Texas at 17 and Iowa State at 24 is what we just saw. Uh, I kind of That's about what I expected from Texas. With that, with that loss to OSU, it was a bad loss. Texas is not a good team. I, I think we've we've been saying that they're kind of fool's gold. Like earlier on, mm-hmm. kind of backed up on that take. But honestly, I I haven't been that impressed with them. They looked weak against Baylor. I think Iowa State might be the third best team in the con- uh, country conference. Um, that, uh, that I mean, Purdy, Purdy, absolutely. Purdy's really good. They play it off or play a style of play that most Big Twelve teams never see. That real grind it out. Uh, and they scored 40 points. Iowa State just scored. I understand it was versus Texas Tech. Yeah. But whenever you got Iowa State, and they've been doing really, really well recently, scoring 40 points, uh, you, there's nothing more you can ask from the guys out in Ames. Yeah. Uh, West Virginia at 13. That's that's also, I mean, I, I think they should be a little lower. UCF at 12, uh, they got pushed down a little bit. There. Yeah, I'm glad. They I, were nine in the AP poll. Honestly, the playoff just needed to get out to – Get out there and be like, yeah, UCF not going to do much here. What scares me though is West Virginia at thirteen with a six and one. I that's really disrespecting the Big Twelve. So Big Twelve strength schedule might show here. Yeah, it, it, it probably will. Well, all right. So they took a little weird little gap. So we'll talk some more about that as it comes up. Um, in general, though, the defense very swarming, very good. Offensively, it's just another day in the park. We've we've talked we we kind of talked all we can about it. Um, Kyler Murray accurate, ran the ball. Um, kid, uh, how, how, how in the world did Trey Sermon come back so fast and so well? Oh, I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on. I mean, our rushing offense, so, you, I mean, we've always had good running backs and everything, but this is like the first team in a long time where I would not be mad if we just ran the ball three downs every single time versus Big 12 defenses. Like, 
I understand that we get a lot of really good plays from the passing game, and I'm not telling us, I'm not telling the team to run it every down, but if we just ran the ball in between the tackles every single play, we averaged eight yards a carry last game. Yes. So, I mean, you you guys can do the math. That's going to get down the field pretty dang quick. Yeah, and the, and the key to that running game is, I, I think, it's, it's the offensive line. The oh. amount of times you would see, I mean, this actually happened twice, Austin Kendall or Kyler just flat out drop the ball and then pick it up again, scramble for 10, because, I mean, geez, they were, they were wide oh, open. Dude. They could have my slow ass walk up to 10, and, it, and I probably would have gotten there. O-line was playing with some energy the first rep uh, this game. Uh, there's that, You remember the play Bobby Evans kind of got, in, got into it with him, and K-State was trying to get under our skin. I don't really know what they were trying to do. There, but I just it was just, weird. I, I you don't see that in the K State teams usually, yeah, especially with our offensive line. If they're gonna really try to come at us and try to like kind of just mess with us and get us angry, that's really not that good of an idea. Uh-uh. Whenever we have, I I mean, last year it was a big thing with we don't know who the best offensive line in the country was, and a lot of people said it was Notre Dame, which is fair. Because they had Mike McGinchy and Quentin Nelson, yeah. But this this year, I our offensive line is huge for uh, best offensive line in the country. Uh, ben Powers, yeah, is a guy whose stock has gone up this season. Even though we were really optimistic on him, Bobby Evans just done about what everyone expected. There's nothing. Whenever you don't hear much about an offensive lineman's name, is a great thing. Because mm-hmm. I mean, he's doing his job. I haven't heard of Bobby Evans like this whole season. Yeah, no, and that—that's—that's—that's that's, that's the sign. Like you said, that's a good sign of a good lineman. The word I liked—I love to hear you use there—was the word energy, because that's the whole team just played with this energy, played with this ferocity, this confidence that you really kind of didn't see after uh, after the UCLA game. Like this is a this is a team that played with, you know, really really aggressively all the way through um and, and this and going in championship november i think they got it rankings just uh moved on ou's at seven uh, washington state eight kentucky nine ohio state 10 that i i think it's i wouldn't say it's surprising to see kentucky and washington state up there because i guess if you look at the body that's all right but it's good to see that they're valuing that over Ohio State. Oh, this is huge. What I really like to see in this is Ohio State at 10. I understand that Ohio State has a lot left in their strength schedule in big games. That can bring them up. But they are valuing a one-loss Washington State, a Pac-12 team, over a one-loss Big Ten team. And they're valuing Kentucky, who just won by one versus Missouri, On a over Ohio play. State. So that shows you that the CFP is really saying Ohio State has got a lot to prove. And... That's our biggest threat other than in the Big Ten other than Michigan. Yeah. If, like, whoever wins that Michigan-Ohio State game is, is going to be our threat to the college football playoff. Yes. If we, ha- if we are already seeing right now that they're really not impressed with Ohio State, Ohio State's going to really have to do something special to jump them a couple over OU. Yeah, it would have to be a, a 2014 Wisconsin situation where they just blew out their team mm-hmm. in the Big Ten. But, but I don't, I don't see that happening. If if they, I, I, they're gonna have tough, like tough matchups, and it's gonna be close. Um, I don't, I don't foresee them blowing out anybody, especially yeah. with their defense. Their defense is gonna make it where their offense is gonna have to win the games. Yeah. And whenever you have a poor defense, and your, and their offense is good. 
but it's not OU's caliber. Um, I think what they're clearly saying, too, is that if it's down between a one-loss OU and a one-loss Ohio State, it's probably going to be OU. As of right now, yeah, because we have yeah. a better loss and everything. Ohio State's got still got a lot more to prove, but it, they don't they don't think much of what they've seen so far with Ohio State. Yeah, and I think I think losses are important. Quality of losses are important. The fact that we only lost by three on a neutral site versus getting just blown out uh, to Purdue, like I mean that's that's something I don't think Ohio State can come back from unless OU takes yeah. another loss. Um, the Washington State thing, that's really interesting. Yeah, I, I really don't understand that. Uh, I thought they'd really undervalued Pac-12. Um, it's back yeah, from the dead, man. But we can we can sit here and read into these um, playoff rankings every single time, and that's what they kind of make. Kirk Herbstreit always makes the joke about that, saying why do we have to have an hour show every single week trying to overanalyze all this stuff whenever we just need to see it play yeah. out on Saturdays. All it is for OU and playoff hopes, just uh, talk about this. We need to win out. We need to do our own business. Yep. And we're at that point where we kind of need some other dominoes to fall. Yes. And um, But it's not too many, and it's very likely. I'd say um, Michigan, if they went out, they would overtake us. I would agree with that. And, and I would think Notre Dame, even if they went, if they lose once, they would still be in over us. And I say the same as well for Clemson, and Alabama ain't losing. No, so no. it's pretty, they, they shouldn't. It would be bad if they did. It's pretty much we're just watching the Michigan games every single week and hoping they lose. And and then if they lose once and Ohio State wins out, it's a great going to be a great argument of who's going to get in Ohio State or OU. Yeah, I, I always think that the first rankings and the last rankings, well, obviously the last, but the first ones are interesting because you get to see how this specific committee uh, views these teams um, and, and what they value because they, they change based year to year. It's interesting, though, because we got uh, – OU has two guys. Son Shane Beamer is uh, a coach at OU, so I guess there are two guys in the building but not really in the room. But honestly, there has to be some shady dealings with this sort of thing. There's always shady things in college football. So I would say it's a good thing. You think, I, whenever I think about, yeah, they have to go out of the room, it's kind of like if you're doing like a, an election or something like that, just like a, like people have always had like class elections or something like that. And they're like, oh, can the candidate step out of the room? You're still texting all your friends like, hey, stand up and say something for me. They're obviously going to have people that are going to stand up and talk on behalf of Joe Castiglione, talk on behalf of Frank Beamer, and they obviously have pull. Just because they're leaving the room doesn't mean anything. Yeah, they're still there. Um, top twenty, the top six is just chalk: Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, LSU, Michigan, Georgia. You probably saw it already. No need to discuss, really. Uh, it, the only standards. thing is LSU being over Notre Dame, and uh, it, that's just SEC talk. Yeah, uh, so it's just yeah, we're just gonna move on from poll talk. Um, let's look at this game. I know Halloween's Wednesday, but it's going to be real spooky on Saturday. I am I'm real not looking forward to this one. Uh, as as you probably have been able to tell here and there, I'm I'm not feeling very well, so I might actually be missing this one in Lubbock. Um, but night games in that town are just the worst. I I was at the Mahomes Mayfield one, and the atmosphere around it was just the. The only word I can think of is toxic. It, I, I've never, I've never been been to a Raiders, an Oakland Raiders game or a Philly game, but I can imagine that this is the closest thing to it. These people were just the worst. 
Um, I think on paper, OU's a way better team. But weird stuff happens in Lubbock. This is uh, OU's probably or probably toughest true road game they've they've had to play yet because Ames was 11 a.m. wasn't really popping. And, and and aim in Iowa State wasn't the team that they are now. No, they didn't. They didn't have their identity. It was their second game of the season yeah. too. Like they didn't have anything rolling yet. And then TCU, like there was just no one there. But this is this is going to be a real tough game. If you if you're thinking OU is going to have an easy time here, I I don't know. They might. This is this is this is our first real big test. It's it's championship. They don't call it championship no, November for no reason. Except this time they kind of do because, well, we have a championship game. But this is going to be a test of OU's medal. Um, Jamison, going into this, what, what do you think? Yeah, uh, all, first of all, this is going to be a long game. No matter what, you say Texas Tech versus OU, 7 o'clock primetime, Cliff Kingsbury versus Lincoln Riley is going to take a long time. It doesn't matter that we, we don't have Mahomes in Mayfield anymore. The systems, we're going to throw the ball, and there is going to be a lot of stoppage. Um, with Texas Tech specifically, they had their leading rusher in their last game was had 16 yards, so don't expect them to run the ball that much. They're going to drop the ball, um, the drop back in the pocket and throw the ball. Um, one player to watch, just kind of off, not off the radar, but... Not the common name. You'd think, okay, Alan Bowman, yeah, quarterback is the one to watch. My guy is Antoine Wesley. He's your stereotypical tall wide receiver. The one that the ones that have rushed us every single game. That'd be Lil Jordan Humphreys, Colin Johnson for Texas, Hakeem Butler for Iowa State. Yeah, uh, people like that. He in the past two games had 17 receptions, 274 yards, and two touchdowns. He's a guy who's five inches taller. He's six foot five than. Um, our cornerbacks and Alan Bowman, even though he threw three interceptions last game, we know he has the skill to throw the ball mm-hmm. and make plays. So if I was him, I would target Wesley every single time. So hopefully we get kind of some better safety help than we've had in the past and really kind of just target him because six foot four plus guys have we've had a written. I don't. I can't tell you one success story this whole year we've had from good six foot four plus wide receivers so far yeah and this is going to be OU's first big challenge since um since Ruffin McNeil took over uh Sean Robinson at TCU and um I can't even remember the Kansas State guys anymore I'm Skylar Thompson Skylar Thompson those aren't good quarterbacks not they're not good offenses um and and really I think I think with Tech like this is the first time we have to face a pass heavy offense um, since I guess Texas. When when, when was the no, last time we? Te- not te- even Texas. 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 Texas ran. What Texas got us was was with those QB powers, you know, where he yeah. just kind of ran the ball. Yeah, and we we haven't played just a pass heavy offense this whole year. No, really. so it's it's been either one dimension run or kind of a mix. FAU was a mix, definitely. Um, they tried to throw the ball too much with. Former OU Chris Robinson, mm-hmm. uh, UCLA. Let's not even comment on that. Army obviously was a run. It's been a lot of running teams, and yeah. Tech does not run. They're very bad. Mm-hmm. And what I said last week about that is, I, I understand. I don't believe too much in our secondary and ability to stop the ball whenever it's continually thrown over and over. But 
I feel optimistic because, like I said last week, I like us first one-dimensioned offenses because I feel like we can actually kind of key on that. I'm not like I, Army's a different case. It's it's an anomaly that they're not. They are a one-dimensioned offense, but there's something so unique and special. It's something you can't prepare for. But with K State last week, I said they're a one-dimension run offense. I feel like our defense can step up to the plate and actually look like a good defense. This one's a one-dimension pass offense. So now we go. Okay, we're gonna come, we're gonna go after the pass. We're gonna go after the pass. There's no one on their running backs that is concerning. Yeah, there there might have a guy who might get a couple six seven yard gains, twelve yard gains here and there, but. That's they're not going to say, "Hey, we're going to win this game by running the ball." They're going to no. say, "We're going to win this game by stopping them on defense a couple plays and then beating them in a shootout." Yeah, and and my big my my big key to the game is putting that pressure on Alan Bowman, making it uncomfortable for them in his, their own home cuz if they get a rhythm, if uh, if they get a rhythm, really get rolling on offense, that's something that that's hard to it's hard it's hard to get back from when you're on defense. When your when your heels are back, it's 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 hard to especially in a hyped up game like this. They haven't had a, a home night game since September of last season, so it's gonna it's gonna be. A, I, I college football is all about is not all about atmosphere, but it's a, certainly a big thing. Purdue probably wouldn't have won that game if it was a neutral sider at the horseshoe, but they did because Westlaw they had West Lafayette and just that that game was just all mojo. Um, but Tech is a team that is good enough to just flat out to, uh, give OU a tough game. Uh, Kyler Murray needs to stay composed. Um, he can't be making bad mistakes like he like he did against Texas when he got flustered. Uh, the O line needs to stay disciplined, not jump, uh, not not jump early. No false starts this time. Um, as long as the offense stays within itself, puts the pressure on Texas Tech, and really. Uh, and really is able to play the way that we see them, play comfortable, uh, and just tune out all the noise, I think it's going to be a fine game. The problem is, I don't know if that's a thing that can happen. Uh, see, I kind of agree with you on your key. My key is Alan Bowman is the guy that will make or break this um, this game. He can either go out there and throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns and torch us, or he could go out and what he did versus Iowa State last game and throw three interceptions. Okay. And my biggest thing with that is we need to put a pass rush on him and get him under pressure. This guy's not a very composed quarterback because he's a true freshman. Yes. We got to play on his inexperience. He's never experienced a seven o'clock primetime game in his life before. He is going to be rattled. He might be pumped up, but he's not ready. So we need to come out and make him as most uncomfortable as possible. And I understand our pass rush isn't the most amazing thing, but we need to do something to give them some pressure, show some different schemes, try to confuse them as much as we can to where we can get them to get turnovers. I understand we're not a very turn uh, pass rush and turnover happy team, but I think that there is some possibility that we can kind of confuse them into some things for that. Yeah, and I could I could see Ruffin, you know, playing playing the aggressive brand of ball that he he has so far, sending Buzzy a bit more, sending a lot more blitzes. Um, it's, it's all about flustering Bowman. I, I, I'm glad we both agree. I'm glad we both agree with that. Well, as far as tech goes, I think that's pretty much it. Um, one, one thing though, uh, another guy to watch, uh, I've talked about him a lot this season is Dakota Allen for them. He's our linebacker. A lot of people were hyping up the Texas tech 
defense this offseason, which is kind of weird saying that they actually are trying to rebrand their identity. They have been good. They're 47th in efficiency so far. Yes, and give it up to them, but they were trying to put it like they were going to be some kind of superstar defense. They aren't that. It was another correction. Do not worry. This is a game where if OU doesn't score every possession, it's OU shooting their own selves in the foot. And I feel like that's kind of how it goes with almost OU versus any defense. Yeah. It's not really as much of the the defense that we played against stopped us. It's more of we stopped ourselves. But uh, Dakota Allen is their stud on their defense. He's their inside linebacker. He's going to go out and make a bunch of plays. He's going to be in the right spot at the right time. Uh, that's just a name you'll see a lot. Just wanted to throw that out there. And I could, I mean, I kind of compare his game to uh, the FAU linebacker that we put played at the beginning of the year kind of oh yeah 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 the uh uh, al jazeera guy yeah and he was kind of all over the field uh i'd expect that from uh but i really don't expect us turning the ball over too much this game Uh, i don't texas tech really hasn't showed to uh be a huge turnover defense it's more of just we're just kind of solid and try to stop people there i think yeah and as I kind of mentioned, it's more of an overcorrection sort of thing where people are like, whoa, Texas Tech has a defense. This is weird. But they're, they're, they're rated around where Texas is. They're, just, they're, they're a solid defense. They're not going to screw you up. It's a defense that OU fans would kill for, but especially what we're at now. But um, they're not a pushover like they were yeah. in 2016. I agree. Um, before we move on to some picks, Cruden let's corner. head Cruden Corner. What do we got? Got some, got some spice. Yeah, we got some eyes, so that was pretty cool. I didn't expect really much from this weekend recruiting-wise. We have a lot of recruits scheduled to come for the Bedlam game. I've, I pulled like a really dumb moment today and said we only had one home game for the rest of the year. I guess I just overlooked that we're playing Kansas. I, I did too, but <laughs> I guess Kansas is not a team you should overlook anymore, I guess. Uh, eh, we, eh. We, we can. <laughs> we're not TCU. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. But uh, So we did get some eyes, and we had a couple unofficial visitors. So we didn't really have any official visitors. I don't think we had a single official visitor, but we had a couple. Two, two of names of 2020 that stood out, both three-star guys. Michael Henderson and Jalen Huff. Jalen Huff is a kid from Georgia, and he plays cornerback. I suspect Mike. I've always suspected Michael Henderson to be one of our silent commits because we have a couple eyes out there that are unaccounted for that are twenty twenty guys. And I figured it was him because I went to his mom's Twitter account, which has about thirty followers, and she has OU everywhere, and in her header is her and her husband and her son all wearing OU gear. So Michael Henderson, three-star athlete, outside linebacker, I figure he's um, already kind of silently committed. So that kind of left Jalen Huff is the only other guy it could be. Uh, He had most of his crystal balls towards South Carolina, and then it all kind of shifted to OU after the game, so it was quite quite obvious. Um, It's not a big get, but, I mean, you always got to be happy when you get someone. And even though he's a three-star .88 on 247 sports, Lincoln always reiterates that he makes his own list, and he goes hard after the guys, and they make their own rankings. So maybe OU actually has him as someone way higher ranked than a lot of recruiting boards do. And especially with 2020 athletes, we can't know for sure how good they're going to be Yeah, because they have not gotten the spotlight on them just yet. And you'll see a lot of players, you know, uh, OU does this a lot where they'll get a three-star type of guy, and they'll receive a couple stars along the way, get some hype. Mm-hmm. And then you have to kind of fend off the poachers. Exactly, uh, and that's and then we 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 did a little bit with that this year so far. 
uh, with uh, Corey Robertson. Uh, he hasn't gotten his four star yet, but he's been really dang close. But he got like when we offered him, he committed to us. He started getting like offers from Alabama, Georgia, like Auburn, like all of like your like big time defenses. So like we we kind of we we're, we're a team that we really try to look in the future and try to get guys early and see if they really respect that these were my guys from day one. You know exactly. And then uh, another thing, so. Jalen Huff is who I think that I is. I saw uh, that that's going to be announced sometime this week. So if you're listening to this and he's already com- committed, uh, just let this be known that it's Tuesday at 6.31. Yeah, um, in, in case he, he did it in the next 12 hours. Yes. So you'll probably see it in a couple days. Another thing um, to make note of... I know this is not us, but a five-star running back in 2019 class, John Emery Jr., decommitted from Georgia. But chain effect is currently happening, and this could be a big thing for OU. So as John Emery Jr. decommitted from Georgia, all of his crystal balls turned towards Louisiana State. And as LSU already has a couple running backs in their class, one being a guy OU's been really, really big recruiting, even though he has been committed to LSU and Tyrion Davis. He's a sixth, or I think eighth best running back in the uh, 2019 class, and we are really in desperate need of a running back. We've been going really hard at guys because we already have Marcus Major, but we've been going hard for guys like Kenny McIntosh. And talking, speaking of Kenny McIntosh, he, since there's an open running back spot in Georgia, a couple of his crystal balls have shifted to Georgia. So it's kind of like a Georgia takes Kenny, but they give up John Emery Jr., and LSU gets John uh, Emery Jr. and gives us Tyrion Davis. Yeah. So hopefully we'll be able to flip him, kind of convince him that at OU, even the number three and number four running backs get plays, and we are we work as a stable, and we give the ball to the hot hand, uh, looked at Kennedy Brooks, uh, redshirt freshman, and is one of our premier guys now because we gave him some snaps and we liked what we saw, and then we just pushed him up to the front. So with that, uh, Tyrion Davis, an, a name to keep up with. Uh, I prob- All of the Florida talk with Kenny McIntosh, I, I expect that to subside here. I don't see much hype coming from that as much anymore. But that this is something legitimate, and... Come next time I talk about recruiting corner, it's going to be OSU. Uh, we have a lot, a lot of official visitors, and I'll update on you guys on that for that pregame. Yeah, Bedlam will be a big weekend. It always is. Um, so yeah, that was recruiting corner. Let's uh, dive into some picks here. Very big one here. Very very big one. Uh, Alabama heading to Baton Rouge, face some Tiger boys. Does. They're favored by, what, 14, yes. I think? Yes, 14. So, it's one versus three. It, it, Alabama is just going to blow this team out, right? Like, yeah. come on. Hey, Alabama has not had an opponent where they've actually played serious for more than one half this whole season. And this game, they might actually get to. But that's not because it's not going to be It's going to be close. It's going to be because it's versus the number three team in the nation. Yeah. Uh, I expect Alabama just to come out and just fire on them, put 21 points on in the first quarter, make it like 21 to three, and then kind of just have an average second quarter, but keep on putting it on them, get up by about, say, 35 or so, and then Georgia, you know, LSU gets some slot points, win by 28. 
Yeah, I, I think if this is if you're looking to watch this game. Ooh, I got a good one to watch: Alabama LSU. I, I don't think it's going to be that entertaining and close. I think uh, it better just keep it on the OU game the whole time. Just kind of check your phone for the score. It's not going to be worth it to switch over. Um, yeah, no, just check out. Just show up for Tua if you want to. It'll be a highlight show. The the the, the thing is here, Joe Burrow's not a good enough quarterback to keep this game within fourteen. It might be close by Alabama standards, but the, oh, Alabama's gonna blow them out of the water. Uh, give me the tide. That I we're both, yeah, we're, and, both, we're taking the tide. And it's and it's only concerning because it's LSU's done so well at home that you'd think that maybe they have a shot. Like what they did to Georgia at home, you'd think, oh man, they might actually put up a fight. Georgia ain't Alabama, guys. Like, yeah, they, don't compare this to last season. And the only. The only thing I could see happening here is if Tua has a bit of a breakdown, like maybe throws a, a pick or something early, doesn't play well, um, which I would mean, be awesome for OU standards because yeah. we love to see Tua do bad he, by the slight chance we can get Kyler. If he could finally get – oh, it would be his first interception of the season. Um, that, and that's just the thing is Tua has been so perfect that maybe when things don't go right that maybe that panic sets in and he doesn't know what to do and – that's the only way this game's close, which True. It's, it's just all hypothetical. He's probably like, going to be fine. Like you said, close by Alabama standard. Even if he throws one pick, they'll still be winning by 28. Exactly. Like, th- this is Alabama by 14. Easy. Easy cover. Uh, next up, uh, this is this is going to be a battle for the SEC's championship. Uh, Georgia at Kentucky. Uh, Georgia's favored by 9.5. Jameson, what do you think? <sighs> It's hard for me to buy in on Kentucky. I understand it's really fun to see Mark Stoops. You see him crowd surf. That was pretty great. He broke the ceiling tile. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I w- that was so – I loved that. I was smiling at it and laughing because just Mark Stoops just looked so out of place. And they were playing Mo Bamba and everything. It, was, it looked like a lot of fun. But Georgia, after the bye week – Looked really good and refreshed. They, their offense came out and destroyed Florida. Mm-hmm. Very easy for them. They did very well. Jake Fromm played great. Swift played great. Holyfield played great. And Kentucky last week, on the other hand, did not do too well. They had to fight to come back from behind, get a last-second touchdown to beat Missouri by one. I understand Kentucky's at home. It's a nine-and-a-half-point spread. But you'd think Georgia – I think Georgia by, like, 20. I think Georgia's just going to kind of humble Kentucky. Kentucky, they only are one loss, but they really haven't had much SEC competition so far this year. They've kind of played those middle-of-the-pack guys, you know? Yeah. And uh, Texas A&M was the best team they played, and they lost, right? Yeah, and that's the thing. This ain't A&M. This ain't Missouri. This is is a time when the carriage turns back into the pumpkin. Uh, The thing is, Kentucky's been a fun story. I've really liked Benny Snell. But honestly, this is just a team that it's it's not it's not Georgia, it's not Alabama, and yeah, I, I know I know Lexington's probably going to be popping, but I think Georgia, especially with this newfound confidence after the uh, Florida win, I think they get it get it done fairly easy. I'm going to go Georgia by 17. Give me the dogs cover. Yeah, what do you think about this? This is this next game. It's our last out-of-conference pick, but this is the biggest game to watch this weekend. Agreed, without even, a doubt. Even bigger than OU, watching the OU game, I would rather watch Penn State at Michigan. Penn State is plus 10, Michigan 10-point favorite at home. Uh, what do you got here? Uh, and yeah, this everyone now, 
everyone, everyone listen to me now. If you're an OU fan, you're immediately rooting for whoever plays Michigan. Unfortunately, this one ain't it. Um, Penn State has been skating by this whole season. Um, they looked somewhat impressive against Iowa. Could never truly shut the door on them. I kind of thought the Hawkeyes, uh, I mean, they, they got a cr- crucial interception at the end. But the Hawkeyes really played them tough. Um, Michigan's a team, a defensive team, that just really is pretty suffocating. Haven't allowed, I believe, 14 points, over 14 points since Notre Dame. Something like that. They're they they're they're a suffocating defense. Um, this is just I I think Michigan wins by more than ten. This is just not gonna. This is gonna be a wake up call for Penn State. I'm I'm gonna go with uh, the Wolverines. Don't want them to win, but I think I think Michigan wins this one. Uh, it's gonna be frustrating, but definitely root on the Nittany Lions for sure. Yeah, so yeah, you're kind of right. Michigan hasn't allowed uh, to over twenty one, so pretty close. Is that at Happy Valley? Twenty one's pretty good. So Michigan, they held uh, Wisconsin to thirteen. They held Michigan State to seven. Uh, Northwestern to seventeen. Maryland twenty-one. Nebraska ten. SMU twenty. I don't know what happened. What? There. What? 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 <laughs> yeah, that didn't make any sense. But uh, they they've got good wins. Northwestern's a good win for the Michigan State, Wisconsin. Since then, they're they're rolling right now. And I was big, really, really big on Michigan. In the preseason, I had them in my preseason playoff picks. Yeah, Shea, I had Shea, Shea Patterson, Patterson as a dark horse Heisman. I was, he was not my Heisman pick. I was just saying if I was a betting man, and with the current odds, I would throw it on Shea Patterson because I know his potential. And he has been flustered and not done as well as I thought he would be. But there, he still have led them to be the number five team in the nation. But last game, we had something similar to this where we're saying we need some chips to fall. We need LSU to beat Georgia. LSU went out and beat Georgia. And it was really fun kind of picking LSU to win outright in that one, you know. And then coming back, oh, LSU went outright. We picked it, and it was great, and it was great for our playoff chances. Give me Penn State outright. Oh, wow. This is bold. I, I, I think it's more fun than anything. It's not a very smart pick. I think in reality it's going to be really close. I think Penn State covers. I think that's a good, um, that's a safer pick than saying they're going to win out right. Good thing that this is a spread pick them. Yeah, there's this nothing is, you can do about that. Um, so Penn State plus 10 for me. Uh, I just think Harbaugh has a huge reputation in faltering in big-time games, and he hasn't done that quite yet except for the Notre Dame game. And you, yes, I understand Wisconsin and Michigan State are big games for him, but is nothing to the caliber of Penn State, Ohio State, and here comes Penn State. Uh, I, I just don't, I just don't believe in big game Jim here. Yeah, you know, yeah. And they, they did have a. I mean, they, they, I, they blew him out in Happy Valley last week or yeah. last year. So yeah, and I, and uh, so and another thing on it, uh, Penn State. You can say, yeah, they kind of looked like they were skating by with Iowa, but Iowa's a really good team. Like we can't, we can't say, oh, they only won by six versus Iowa. I understand the spread was six and a half, but you got to give it to them on that. Yeah, one. I was more clarifying. Like they've been skating by the whole season. Oh yeah, barely I, got I away with it. Uh, Indiana struggled with it, uh, Illinois early. Appalachian State, Appala- App State, and I and I was also a proprietor of saying that they were skating before, but. I, I thought that was a good win versus um, Iowa, and I don't know. I, I just can't see this game not being close, and 
This is 245, I think it comes on, yes. this game. So this is going to be a great watch to before you watch your Oklahoma Sooners. It's a nice little, uh, it's a it's a Big Ten SEC game, kind of. They yeah. should put it on CBS. I think Georgia and Kentucky are 230, and Penn State and Michigan's 245. Yeah, all right. Well, moving on to some Big 12 action. Oklahoma State, who came out of nowhere, literally nowhere to beat Texas. Uh, resurgent. They're kind of going on the road. Uh, playing Baylor and Waco, OSU's favored by uh, by seven and a half. I don't know if I believe in the Cowboys, honestly. I, I, I think this is I think they used up their bit of magic here. Uh, I think Baylor is still a very good squad. Uh, they haven't really gotten the results they've wanted in terms of wins, but I think they're a team that's very good still. Uh, I can I can see them pulling up a, pulling off a pretty big upset in the Brazos here. I'm going with uh, Baylor. If I could have about three more days to pick this, I'd tell you. Charlie Brewer right now is in concussion protocol. Oh, yeah. And oh, it yeah. makes things really, really sketchy with this pick because if Charlie Brewer is healthy and ready to go, I can definitely see Baylor covering and possibly winning this because I don't see OSU as a good team this year. And I, I think they really lived up to the primetime 7 o'clock hype like we've been talking about with Barry Sanders' announcement. And you, you can't blame uh, OSU coming out big and doing really well in that game because there's so much hype. But And now they're going down to Waco. What hype is in Waco? Yeah, that, this is like, if, there, if this was a movie, this is where, it would, where Oklahoma State season would end and it would be like a happy ending. Because you don't need to talk about where they go to Waco and then, meh. Yeah, there's, there's nothing there to get hyped about. But the thing Except is, for law school, apparently oh, the law school's cool. I guess. I, I guess. I, they've got they've got good professional programs, but uh, it's it's so shaky for me because if Charlie Brewer does not play, there's no way there's no way they get in close with OSU. I'm not gonna lie, I kind of forgot about that, but honestly, it doesn't change my pick because I think OSU would still find a way to fuck it up. So yeah, I think that uh, if Charlie Brewer plays, I like Baylor in this one. If uh, he doesn't, I like OSU. Um, I'm only going with OSU in this one just by the slight chance that if he, even if he does play, OSU still has a chance to cover. But if if Brewer doesn't play, there's no chance, no chance. Agree. So, uh, give me OSU in that one. Uh, next on to Iowa State at Kansas. Iowa State's favored by fourteen and a half points. Uh, this one's kind of I always hate picking Kansas. Uh. How about them beating TCU last week? That was that was awesome. Yeah, incredible. Incredible. And good good call on that one, Bobby. That's another huge upset you've picked. You're really good at picking Kansas upsets this it's year. It's just straight up money line. <laughs> straight up money line, baby. Yeah, so I uh and plus you've picked you picked some great upsets. You picked Iowa State beating West Virginia. You beat you picked along with me, you picked the LSU over Georgia. I've I've made so much money on just money line upsets. It's but then I'll, I'll and then I'll but I'll offset it somehow by picking like Florida State to cover against Clemson. That that made, it no, makes no, that sense. made no sense in that pick. Even even I knew it was a mistake. Yeah, the second yeah you I texted did me. I go what? Like like in the first <laughs> quarter, I was like, what? I guess I did this. I don't know why. That I was did one this. of those where I was looking at that line, feeling really good about Clemson, and it, and then you're like, yeah, I picked Florida State. I'm like, what? And like, even then, <laughs> I was like, I I guess I did. But anyways, yeah, but Iowa State minus fourteen and a half. Uh, buy it. Kansas somehow has some credibility now that they beat TCU. Obviously, Vegas thinks something of TCU because they gave them eight and a half point favorite versus K State, which we'll talk about next. Uh, Kansas, they are better than what they've been in past years. 
but they are still Kansas. They lost to Nichols this year. Iowa State, like you said, is one of the best teams in the Big 12. Um, I understand that they're not in Ames, and they're a completely different team whenever they're not in Ames, but you've got to think they can get for at least 17, right? I I mean, I, I could see this actually being really close on the line, but Iowa State commanding the whole game. I'll take Iowa State minus 14.5 here. Jameson, remember way back when we were just little little podcasters just getting our first steps recording in your in your house and made our predictions of who would cover the spread the most in yeah, the Big 12? I don't think Iowa State is lost. They have covered every Big 12 game so far. And still, I, I thought I thought Vegas was kind of messing up with the Tech one. Somehow did it. Um, this is just, this is an, an affront to my Cyclones. 14 and a half against Kansas? I'm, they're, they're just they're just expecting people to ride this TCU wave. And there there are two things I've made more money the most money on. Betting Iowa State to cover and betting TCU to fail cover to fail to cover. And honestly, this is just an effect of that TCU loss. So once again, TCU's helping me out here. Give me Iowa State. Load it, load it, load it, load it. I I can't I agree with you on that one. I feel pretty dang good about these. Like like I said last week, I fe- I felt really poorly on these lines. This week, I feel pretty dang good. Yeah, moving on to uh, Kansas, Kansas State at TCU. Uh, TCU is favored by eight and a half. How are you feeling about the uh, Marvin Gaye roulette strategy here? So the Marvin Gaye roulette strategy finally won with OU coming in to save the day. So I have no. I have no obligation of picking against K-State You're freed. So I am back. I'm going to pick K-State. Oh, no. You're going (laughs) right back to the well. No, Jameson. Oh, no. So now I'm available to go. I I can pick K-State now. And why not? TCU just lost to Kansas. The bottom has fallen out in four months. And then they come out as an eight-and-a-half point favorite. What? Explain. I understand K State is bad, but if you look at it, K State a couple weeks ago just beat OSU, and OSU just beat Texas. Like they, they're not Kansas guys, and 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 even if they were Kansas, this would work out and cover the spread because TCU lost to Kansas. I, I do not get this one bit. TCU, I just don't see any kind of motivation to win. There's no or life do there. Anything. Uh, I guarantee you the whole locker room is gone. No one wants to go and. Part of that is to blame on Cavante Turpin because that was just they got pummeled into the ground. Uh, their quarterback goes out with an injury, and then your best one of your best players gets arrested. Uh, it's it was just the trifecta. Too many off the field if, issues, and then you can't even call this a cherry on top. You call this just like the whole kitchen sink on top of losing to Kansas. This is going to completely destroy this program. I would not be surprised if they even finish at the bottom of the Big 12, close to, if not there. I don't know what the rankings are for Kansas, but t- how many TC- how many wins does TCU have in Big 12 play, right? They have one. They have Iowa State. I think that's it. Yeah, so... Is that it? So if they... Let's look at... Let's, let's look double at check. I think it's just Iowa State. So if it... I think it's just one, isn't it? Oh, oh, get out of here, American Conference standings. Okay. So TCU has two. Wins. That's that's pathetic. They're uh, about wait, to be wait, at the wait, bottom. No, no, they have one win. They, they have, have one win. Yeah, okay. they're about or, to be at the bottom of they, the Big Twelve. They have one win, and if it's them versus Kansas, Kansas has the tiebreaker. I don't think I don't see TCU winning another game for the rest of the year. If K State wins this, 
TCU's doomed for the bottom. Yeah, I think K-State went straight up in this game. I feel pretty dang confident about that. Eight and a half points, give me money line on that. I think that's a great, great money line pick. Um, even better cover. Uh, give me K-State here, even though they just lost big to OU. They at least have some kind of hope to win for the rest of the season. Yeah, and what this line is, is I think I think people are just betting on TCU just because they think they'll finally turn it around. Like, Blake, our old pal Blake, who you've heard on the podcast and read on the Schooner blog, um, he he kept betting on tra- on OU to cover during uh, that really terrible stretch last year every game and lost so much money on Trey Young that I think he actually hates him uh, just because he thought, well, they got to bounce back sometime. This is what this is the exact same thing they're doing with TCU. I, the frogs are dead. They're done. They're 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 boiled in the pot or however you cook frogs. I don't know. I don't. I'm not. I'm not a Cajun I think or whatever. You boil frog legs. I think I don't know. Well, they do have the skillet where they like fry them. Maybe yeah. they fry them. Anyways, they're done. They're done. It's over for TCU. Um, give me Kansas State to at least cover. Because uh, if if TCU wins, it's not going to be pretty. It's definitely not going to be by 10. Oh, it's not going to be a pretty game at all. No, 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 no. I, I'm not saying K-State's going to go out and dominate them. No, no, be, no, no, no. This gonna game is going to be horrible television. But the thing is, I, I like I, I like, I like, a K-State team to bounce back and grind it out. They, they're way more suited for it. They are, I, I think they're going to be, and not only that, they're more mentally strong, I think, than DC. Yeah. I, and, I, give me, give me the Wildcats, still, easy. And they're still solid. And they're yeah. still a solid team. Yeah, we've talked way too much about this one. Let's go to the big game here. Uh, West Virginia at Texas. This is basically, this is a key, key, like massive key game for the Big 12 championship race. Uh, Texas is favored by two in Austin. Basically a pick them. Jeez, um, I honestly, I think, that, I think, I think Texas revealed themselves to be a bit of a fraud last week. Uh, and West Virginia proved that whatever the hell happened to names, that, I don't know if that's West Virginia. This is this is going to be a game where we really truly see how good Texas and West Virginia both are. If West Virginia has has the gumption to come back and you know win on the road, get this win, and if or if Texas can you know really stand their ground, because I don't know, I don't know if they're that team. I don't think they're good enough to beat West Virginia. Um, give me the Mountaineers. I, I don't think it'll be big. I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be up and down. But I got I got the Mountaineers close. Yeah, uh, once again, Texas has shown to do really well at home this year. I uh, I understand USC is not that good of a team, but still, that's a big game playing a big non-conference team like USC. Uh, I was impressed with that. Uh, TCU as well. Uh, every what I'm what I'm getting to is Texas when they played in the state of Texas has done really well. But whenever they ventured out on the road, they've done atrocious. Uh, Tulsa was embarrassing. Yeah, oh, um, well, that was in that was in Austin. Oh, was it really? Oh yeah, it was in oh, Austin. Oh, screw that! I thought it was in Tulsa. Oh, okay, whatever. But screw it. Either way, they, they still won. They still won. Either but, way, yeah. But what I'm saying is, Texas done really well in Texas, and they've kind of faltered on the road. You saw that in uh, Stillwater this weekend, uh, but. It's hard for me to hop on to them right now because of what I saw versus OSU. I don't think too highly of OSU. Uh, I, and whenever they just got stomped by them, it just really confused me. Because um, 
hype can really help a team, but even though it was close at the end, OSU had that game under wraps the whole, like from beginning to end. Yeah. It, it, there was never a point where Texas really was in it. Uh, West Virginia, yes, they lost to Iowa State, but I still think they're legitimate. I still think that they're a good team. People that call them fake, I'm not quite yet ready to say that or anything. Especially I think, after last I week. I think they're a very, very legitimate teens team. I think they're... Right at thirteen, ten through thirteen, I think is a very good ranking for them, and I think that is exactly where they are. I don't think Texas is even close. I think Texas is probably a twenty team. Um, West Virginia is going to have a tough one for them going into Austin. I think West Virginia, it's going to be close. They win by four. Okay, I think that's fair. And then our our game of the week, always our game of the week. Uh, OU going to Lubbock at Texas Tech. Sooners are favored by twelve at the moment. Um, that's a bit of a weird line, but honestly, it works. It works in my favor. If it was fourteen and a half, I'd be honestly clueless on this. However, I, I think OU is going to somehow pull out a two touchdown win. It's going to be close. It's going to be ugly. I think we're going to be very frustrated with the team after this game. But I just have just the weirdest feeling OU is going to just barely squeak this one out. Two touchdowns. I, I, give me OU. I don't know. This is this is a toss-up. Yeah, so like what I said with one-dimension teams, I feel really good uh, going into this game defensive-wise because I'm not worried about the run and the pass. We can kind of key in on that. And even though they have big wide receiver, which is something to be scared of, there's going to be plenty of time for us to score. It's not going to be... I, I don't, expe- don't expect this to be like Patrick Mahomes where it's not you had back and forth, back and forth, no one stopping. We're going to make some stops. Like, versus a freshman quarterback, we're going to make some stops. But their defense, there's no way. That, like, I, I, I'm i not buying in on their defense and their efficiency. Like I said, we're going to score over, over 50 every single game. This one, we're going to be over 60. I think, give me six, sooner 62, Texas Tech 38. I think we easily cover this. We double the spread pretty much, and we win by 24 here. Uh, I think we kind of run away with it in the third quarter. I think it'll probably be about a, say, like a 10, 14 point game going into halftime. Then we just really hit them hard. Yeah. Uh, I just, our offense is just awesome. Uh, Kennedy Brooks has stepped in and filled that void that Rodney Anderson left. And. Now we're right getting back into our stride, and even though we're the second most efficient team in college football coming down to offense, I with Kennedy Brooks running, it's just I feel like we've put up to another level. Yeah, I, I could I could definitely see that. I I think it's a matter of stops. I think OU gets enough stops to just flat out score them, and I think they uh, get enough stops to offset any penalty issues. Yeah, and th- and thirty eight points is still a lot of points to give up, but. We're scoring sixty. There, I I don't see any scenario where we don't. Yeah, I thought this is going to be an OU win. I think you can talk about atmosphere all you want. We talked about it a lot on this podcast, but when it comes down to it, I think the X's and O's are going to win out. I think the OU talent's going to win out. Uh, give me and it's it's a freshman quarterback versus a, um, I mean a Heisman contender. Bowman's good, not that good though. Well, that's all we have for this week, Jameson. Uh, anything you got left? No, let's, Thunder's coming on right now. We're about to watch our Thunder. Yes, we um, are. 
I'm not going to go in on Thunder. There's, yeah. there's too much to talk with there. That, that's a whole separate podcast, which... Speaking of which, maybe maybe in December it could be pretty fun. We're we're gonna there's a lot there's a lot there's a lot to talk about. Oh yeah. So, anyways, thank you always for listening. We really appreciate it. Yeah, we uh, just keep rating us five stars. We are still somehow a five star podcast. Shout out to the one three star out of nowhere that came in. Oh, Uh, but it's we're still five for some reason. Oh, yeah. They just ditched the the, uh, iTunes metric. Just kicked it out. We're still five stars. Good. Good. It's my my dad posted a uh, a link on a on a Gooner Facebook page. Uh oh. <laughs> and I guess someone found us unsatisfactory, so or uh, mediocre at least. But I'll uh, take that. They, um, they still had to listen to us. Gooner, they listened <laughs> to us. Thank you for the download. Well, it's probably because we've been calling out the Gooners. So they, much. they knew. They were That's with... exactly what it was. They heard. Oh, what are you talking about? I talk to kids on Twitter, and I call. I criticize them for calling us the Oklahoma University. <laughs> they were like, yeah, they they need to understand the letters are correct. Yeah, he, yeah they, they, they're probably yeah. just butthurt. They're like, it was a, it was indeed a five star podcast, but I must dock them two stars because my photoshops are important. Yeah, I, good for y'all. Y'all are forty-year-old men talking to high school keep, athletes. Keep, keep photoshopping teenagers. All right, that was a joke. Don't photoshop the teenagers. Anyways. We will see you next week when we discuss Bedlam. Don't know if we'll have Chase on because he doesn't know anything about OSU football. But we will talk about Bedlam then. It'll be a very exciting time. We'll have some some story time. It'll be a good time. So, all right, let's get this win. Boomer Sooner.